Welcome to The Barrel Banter, a show covering all things Milwaukee Brewers. From trades to signings, player analysis to game recaps, or discussing uniforms, ballpark food, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Peter and David Goh. Welcome to The Barrel Banter. I am your host, Peter Goh, here for a bonus episode. Uh, in terms of Brewers offseason, we pretty much had everything happen in, in, in just about two days it feels like, uh, besides the Contreras trade, but uh, a busy couple of days for the Brewers and uh, wanted to bring you a quick bonus episode to break down, of course, the Wade Miley edition. And Brewers also trading Justin Topa away as well. So happy to be here today, David. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, it is It is um, the middle of the offseason, but the Brewers finally, I mean, I, I guess I was going to say finally did something, but they have done something. They They traded um, for Jesse Winker, they traded for William Contreras, but now they got their their free agent signing, um, the the marquee move of Wade Miley. Um, but with it being the middle of winter, I just wanted to point out a couple Brewers playing down under in Australia, where it's summer right now. Alex Hall, the catcher that spent one day on the Brewers active roster this year, he has an OPS over a thousand right now um, in in the Australian league. Robert Moore, the the Brewers second round pick out of the University of Arkansas, Dayton Moore's son, is hitting 295 with a 900 OPS. And Darian Miller, who was a catcher on the Timber Rattlers alongside Hall, he has an 804 OPS playing a little bit more regularly. And they're all playing on the Brisbane Bandits, whose GM is none other than former brewer Dave Nilsson, which is where the connection was formed. And there are a number of brewers playing for that team. Yeah, that's a cool, cool connection. That's, uh, yeah, Dave Nelson, of course, the former brewer from the 1990s and uh, kind of fitting for the middle of winter. Of course, uh, David, you're back in sunny Arkansas. It, this probably most of our listeners are, are Midwestern. So I've got to at least make the comment about the weather, of course, coming coming to you from 22 degrees mid-January weather. And, and David, how's it looking in Arkansas at the moment? It's about, well, it's dropped a little now, but it was about 60 today and sunny. It did get down to... I mean, I heard I was back in Wisconsin, but it, it got down to zero, I think, around Christmas time. OK, so they weren't they didn't they didn't escape all of it, at least that, that makes us makes us feel a little bit better um, with where we're at. So, all right, enough, enough weather talk. Let's jump right in. Wade Miley, like you said, Brewers, you're right. The Brewers haven't necessarily had a quiet offseason. You think about acquiring Jesse Winker and William Contreras, I'd say that's a rather busy offseason. Um, if, if you told me that going into the, the offseason. But the first major league signing, correct me if I'm wrong here, for the Brewers this offseason, uh, none other than the former left-hander, Wade Miley, who spent uh, last year with the Cubs, 37 innings, uh, ERA just above three, but missed most of the year due to injuries. But we certainly remember Miley from his time with the Brewers. Uh, there were, I, I really, I feel like a lot of good memories uh, with, with Miley. And he was sort of, I don't know if I want to call him the face of the Brewers uh, pitching staff. And, and I guess almost the face. I of would the, say so. Yeah. I mean, I guess he, he kind of the face and also the face of the Brewers strategy as far as the pitching, because you had the, of course, Wade Miley start where he went one batter and then the Brewers brought in Brandon Woodruff uh, for in hopes of fit more favorable matchups, which I know we lost the game. You would argue whether or not it necessarily worked, but he was kind of the face of that, that strategy that the Brewers had. In, in that era. And uh, I'm happy to see him return. And he spent some time obviously uh, with the Cubs and Reds in the NL central and has had some success uh, since his time with the Brewers. So why don't you share some thoughts uh, or share some details around the signing and we can then 
look at how that impacts the Brewers as a, as a team next year. Yeah, Miley will get a guaranteed four and a half million, uh, three and a half coming in 2023, and then a $10 million mutual option for 24, which is extremely unlikely uh, to be exercised on both sides. Um, and that comes with a, a million dollar buyout. So he'll make at least four and a half million um, with up to one and a half in incentives. Um, but we saw him a lot more successful in 2021 with the Reds. He just passed the threshold of qualification with 163 innings, uh, but he had an ERA 3.37, um, which was extremely impressive, especially in Great American Ballpark, uh, notably hitters friendly. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, uh, a guy like Wade Miley, who, you know, it has, you know, he's an older, older arm at this point. We've seen you know, velocity declining over the last couple of years, but he certainly still proved that when he was healthy, he was effective. And you think about a guy that you're paying, you know, four and a half million effectively for the season. And, you know, just two years ago, like you said, 160 plus innings with a sub 3.4 ERA, even if he's, I don't know if I go as far as say half that, but even if he's, you know, a lesser version of that and he can throw, you know, 120 innings for us with a four, four, you know, four ERA, that's that's still valuable, and I think it has a bit of a domino effect. We talked a little bit before the podcast of of sort of the domino effect that this acquisition has, both on the rotation, I think, but also even more importantly on the bullpen. And actually, could have even I think played into the the trade. Then we saw after the fact sending Justin Topa. So, the, you know, tell us a little bit about the last couple of years for Miley. Take us through some of the the ups and downs he's had, and and maybe what that can then portray as we look to what performance we could see from him this year. He did miss most of last year with injury, like you had mentioned, um, but also 2018 with the Brewers. He missed a good portion of the season and 2020 already shortened, um, even further shortened for Miley with injuries that he dealt with. Um, his velo has steadily been declining a little bit, but because he relies so much on the cutter, um, it, he has still been reasonably effective when he's been out there. He's averaging only about 90 miles an hour uh, with his cutter now, which for a starter is, is pretty low given it being his, his primary pitch. Um, but he still has had a good level of success. He kind of reinvented himself that year in 2018 with an ERA of about two and a half in 80 innings with the Brewers. But then he put in a, another qualifying season in both 19 and 21, where he had sub four ERAs. And when he hasn't been healthy, um, of course, he's um, not been as good, um, either pitching through the injuries or, or just missing a lot of time. But he's someone that I think could, could slide into that Brett Anderson role we saw 2021 to 2022, the, the difference in the rotations um, personnel-wise was there was no Brett Anderson. We kind of made fun of him saying like, well, I mean, how much did Brett Anderson really matter? But he did still give the Brewers about 100 innings of an ERA right around four, just over. I think that's maybe the kind of pitcher Wade Miley is at this point in his career. And that could take some of the, the burden off of especially Lauer and Hauser. But even guys at the front end where they know there's at least a, a solid option going if if Burns needs to skip a start or if, if Woodruff has a nagging hamstring injury that he needs to take a couple starts off, um, that could that could end up playing a big role for the Brewers in just keeping the rotation healthy even. That's a good point that, that Anderson was more or less personnel-wise the difference. There was obviously differences in performance. But looking to next year, the rotation obviously looking as good as it really ever has when you look at of course, Corbin Burns at the top, who's put up basically elite, not basically, has put up two elite seasons 
Um, and then, of course, Brandon Woodruff, who's there's only been a handful of pitchers, uh, Burns being one of them, who have been better over the last two years. Of course, you've got Freddie Peralta coming off an injury-ridden year last year, but a lot of expectations still around him in that number three spot. And then you've got Eric Lauer, who also, I would say, in some ways took a step forward last year, just purely based off of the volume and the innings that he was able to throw last year. So he'll likely slot into that four spot. And then you've got Adrian Hauser, Wade Miley, Aaron Ashby, uh, kind of in those three that make up the five or six, I guess, uh, man role. So how do you see the Brewers uh, going forward in the season? We know, I think we know who one through four are, like I said, Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, Lauer. But do you see the Brewers going with six starters? Do you see them going with Hauser? He's obviously been there longer. Miley, I, I guess, how does Ashby fit into that? So share some thoughts on, on what that looks like for those three guys. I think that's the biggest question mark at this point. If everyone's healthy, I expect them to go in with, with six starters. We've seen them do that the last couple of, of seasons. And they've got the pitchers, the number of arms that they can do that. I would expect that they'll go in with, with of course, Burns, Burns Woodruff, and, and Freddie in the top three spots. But I think Lauer, Miley, and Hauser will be in those four through six spots. I, I think Miley um, would not have been brought in if they didn't anticipate him at least beginning the year in the rotation. And it also enables them to utilize Ashby in a little bit of a different role, the early career Josh Hader role we've, we've come to know it as, um, but just somebody that comes in for multiple innings. But he also can give you some spot starts if you need him. He was, he was still pretty effective as a starter last year, and I think he could be a really, really good reliever. And so in some ways, I think they may have ended up really more bolstering their bullpen than bolstering their rotation. I don't know that there's a huge difference between Wade Miley and Aaron Ashby, the starting pitchers, but adding Miley in the rotation adds a, a big bullpen weapon for Craig Council to use in the late innings or, or even getting to the late innings after a short start with Ashby. Yeah, I think that's I think it's really interesting. That's a good point you bring up that they may be similar pitchers out of the rotation, but vastly uh, different pitchers out of the bullpen. And taking a look at what the bullpen looks like, we already know we've got Devin Williams closing games. Matt Bush is back. Hopefully he rebounds from his brief stint with the Brewers last year. But besides the eighth and ninth inning, then you've got guys like Hobie Milner, who I think likely pitched him into a role this year, at least to start the year. Peter Strzelecki as well. Brewers brought, brought back Javi, excuse me, not Javi Guerra, uh, Alex Claudio. Jake Cousins is back for another year. And now you add Aaron Ashby to a spot who, of course, would, would have a spot. I think at, at that point, you've got a lot of question marks and guys who will be fighting for roles um, in the bullpen. But I guess, how do you see the bullpen stacking up? I think you make a good point that the bullpen got better in this acquisition. But where do you see the bullpen uh, stacking up as far as depth chart going into the year? And do you see any more changes to the bullpen additions uh, leading up to spring training? It's possible, but there aren't, aren't aren't really a whole lot of good relief options still out there. Uh, we just saw Gregory Soto traded to, to Philadelphia, and he was one of the major trade chips. But I'm kind of glad the Brewers didn't pay uh, the price that the Phillies did to get him. Um, I think Bush will be the guy that they, they roll out there for the eighth inning. Um, of course, Williams closing. But beyond that, there's a lot to be determined. I think it will kind of be the typical Brewers figure out the bullpen in the first half so that we know who to get at the trade deadline. And then the roles will kind of shake out as they do. I expect um, going in the year that, that of course, Ashby will be there, but also Hobie Milner will be in the bullpen. Jake Cousins and Peter Strzelecki, I think, have both earned spots, so they should at least start in the, in the major league bullpen. So that really leaves two spots. 
um, for some of the other guys that are competing for for the guys like Jansen Junk, Gus Varland, Javi Guerra. Um, Guerra is out of options and Gus Varland has to be on the active roster for the Brewers to keep him. So they, they each might have a little bit of a leg up um, as, as far as the, the back, um, not back end, but the, uh, <laughs> yeah, bottom, the front, not the front end, yeah. the bottom back of end the, of the depth chart. Bottom, yeah. yeah depth there chart. we go. Yeah. Well, and the other arm that I think you forgot to mention too, is Alex Claudio, of course, Brewers bringing him back. You've got the, the soft tossing lefty and Hobie Miller who should have a spot over Claudio given his performance last year, especially in the first half. But I don't know if the Brewers really have two spots in the bullpen for two soft tossing lefties. I don't think so. I think Claudio will, will start in AAA, um, be there as depth. And and also actually what I realize is if the Brewers do have six starters, that only gives them room for seven relievers. So if Cousins and Strzelecki both start um, in the bullpen as well uh, on that roster, that only leaves one spot then for, um, for some of the other guys that we named. So uh, the, the Brewers will have certainly the, uh, the spring training battles that, that I think the bullpen is usually where you see the spring train spring training battles the most. Um, we don't really see them anymore at, at first base with the three-way Mark Reynolds, Lyle Overbay, Juan Francisco competition. But I do expect that we'll see um, something, something happen um, or something interesting in spring training and, and probably one breakout guy in the bullpen, like we saw with Strzelecki. Um And it's also possible, of course, that, one or more of the pitchers end up getting hurt between now and opening day. You never know. Um, given that I don't think anyone's injured right now, um, pretty much never do you go into a, into a regular season with a, a fully healthy pitching staff. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think that's the other thing that Miley adds uh, as a whole in the entire pitching staff. It just gives a little bit of breathing room. We know 2021 was a little bit of an outlier and the Brewers rotation pretty much stayed healthy all along. And we saw it last year, the reality of, of what a typical season looks like. I mean, Corbin Burns has more or less hardly missed a start in the last two years. So to expect that again this year, highly unlikely um, as well, besides of course the others. So I, I definitely think I, I I'm a big fan of the, of the Miley edition. I think it was a great addition. And if he can stay healthy, he's certainly going to be, be valuable for the Brewers. So uh, let's, let's take a look at the, the Brewers acquisition of Joseph Hernandez. We mentioned the Brewers sending away Justin Topa, who was, you know, a good story, uh, a guy in his late, or excuse me, early 30s, uh, late start to the majors, uh, ridden with injuries. And we saw that, of course, in his time with the Brewers. He had some ups, uh, certainly some downs, but even besides the injuries out of the pen. And he, he was a guy that I think when we were listing off some of those guys in the bullpen, I think you also start to realize why the Brewers may have decided to trade Topa because we're really talking about one spot for a bunch of guys and Topa would have been included in that list. So he's a guy that you're not even sure if he would have made an impact this year in the Brewers bullpen. He's had his fair share of injuries. So I didn't see a whole lot of value in Topa and the Brewers seem to have got a really intriguing arm in exchange for him. Joseph Hernandez uh, currently in single A last year, but had a lot of a lot of good things about him. 22 years old, so very different than Topa. And good stuff. So tell us a little bit more about Hernandez and, and your thoughts on this trade. He won California League Pitcher of the Year in A-ball last year, which is impressive regardless of what kind of prospect you might be. Uh, he's 22 years old, and he, he did start, but he'll probably be a reliever long term. He's got a, a low three quarters um, to even close to sidearm, uh, arm slot, right-handed pitcher. He's got a really good slider. Um, MLB Pipeline, I think, gives it a 65-grade which is excellent. 
Um, and he's in the low 90s with his, his fastball. Um, he's got a, a sinker with heavy sink, um, but he but he really makes his money off of off of his slider. Um, and that's where where his major league success is going to ride. I think the most likely role we see him in in the major leagues at some point is probably that of a like the right handed specialist, more or less. Um, depends on how he can develop his changeup. His changeup legs behind, although I did see some some changeups that he really got good movement on him when he placed him well. So he he I think is unlikely to be a starter given his his high effort delivery. Um, inconsistency a little bit in the strike zone um, and and more of a two-pitch profile. But I think he could be a good reliever long-term and definitely a good return, um, I, th I thought, for someone like Justin Topa, who I've always liked Topa. He's always had good stuff, um, but he just hasn't been able to stay on, on the field. And like whether that's his fault or not, I mean, probably not, but it does factor into the Brewers' plans. And I think at some point, um, you move on and, and hopefully you can find success in Seattle. But I think the Brewers did get a return, uh, a nice return with Hernandez. Yeah, we'll certainly be rooting for him. He's a, a great story. I was always rooting for him to be able to stay on the field for the Brewers. And you thought there was potential for him. But I, I, just seeing the way the bullpen depth chart was, even if he was healthy all this year, I'm not sure the impact and the playing time he necessarily would have gotten in the Brewers pen anyways. So to kind of reload and get a guy who, could be a solid reliever down the road. Like you said, I think he does profile more as a reliever, even just seeing, you know, 10 pitches, you'd see that slider, which is absolutely nasty. Um, if you don't, if you haven't had a chance to uh, take a look at that, we'll, if we haven't already, uh, we'll make sure to tweet out a video of, of his stuff. Cause it's, it's electric. Uh, reminds me a little bit of, of Jeremy Jeffress. Um, I don't know, maybe the arm slot a little bit and kind of the finish of his, of mm -hmm. his delivery, but it reminds me a little bit of Jeffress. Um, but, seems like he definitely has the potential to be a solid reliever. So I agree. Um, a guy like Topa, I wouldn't expect to get much of a return because I think it's possible the Brewers could have even, I, I could have, I think a unfortunately rather likely scenario was that he either had a subpar year this year or battled other injuries and the Brewers let him go at the end of the year. So I think any return on him was, was good for the organization. And I'm excited to see how Hernandez can fit into the Brewers organization. And perhaps we'll see him in a couple of years as well. So, Let's, let's wrap up here today with a couple factor fiction. I'm excited for this one uh, with the Brewers. Uh, uh, really, depth chart changing a little bit, especially in, on the pitching side here. So, number one, the Brewers rotation will be better this year than the 2021 version. I'm going to go fiction. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a high bar. I'll go fiction as well. But I think it will be better than the 22 version, which I think you would, would probably agree with as well. Mm -hmm. Number two. Aaron Ashby will throw more innings out of the bullpen than as a starter in 2023. Fact. All right. I'm going to go fiction. I'm going to say he's, he's going to get plenty of opportunities out of the pen, but I think with, with potential for injuries, he may end up getting more starts this year, even than perhaps last year. We'll see. Number three, Wade Miley will throw more than 100 innings. I'm going to go fiction on this one. I'll go fact. I'll see if, uh, if Miley can get over a hundred. I think that's kind of the, I, the Brewers can still win if Miley throws 80 innings like he did in 2018. Mm -hmm. um, but if he could throw 100, 120, that would be certainly a, a big win for the Brewers as well. And finally here, number four, Wade Miley will be the Brewers' fourth best starter in 2023. I'm going to go fiction on this one also. Um, my, my best bet would be that Lauer will be um, the fourth best starter. But I, I would guess one of Lauer or Hauser uh, will be better than Miley. All right, I'm going to go. I'm gonna go fact. I'll go uh, all in on Miley. I'll, I'll I'll take Miley's odds. I think there's a chance 
there's always a chance that, you know, one of the top three starters either has a, a very, very bad year. It has to be quite bad, I think. Uh, but m- more likely than that, there's always a potential for one of those players to get injured. And then you've got Lauer and Hauser. I actually think Miley will have a better year than Hauser. I know Hauser might throw some more innings, but I think Miley's going to have a better year than Hauser if he can stay healthy. And we'll see how he can do with Lauer. I also like that Miley brings also another left-hander to the rotation. We've been short on that since Suter left. And even even before Suter left, the Brewers seems like they really have been short on left-handed pitching since, what, Chris Narvison? <laughs> yeah. When we had him and Randy Wolf. Oh, yeah. That's right. What a combination. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just seems like we haven't had a lot of left-handed starters. So I'm glad that the Brewers brought in Miley again. Brewers bringing in Miley for one year, three and a half million dollar deal, uh, basically a one million dollar buyout at the end. So four and a half all in with a million and a half in incentives. And the Brewers sending Justin Topa away for Joseph Hernandez, uh, California League Pitcher of the Year last year in A-ball. So David, any final thoughts here before we go on, on the shakeup in the Brewers depth chart on the pitching side? Um, just thinking about the the off season a little bit, I'm glad that the way this off season has been has been a lot more action in the first half of it, rather than seeing the free agents kind of wait it out um, until well, whether it was the free agents or the teams waiting it out until um, in some cases even February. Um, think back to the last normal off season we had, and we had Harper and Machado waiting till mid to late February uh, to sign. Um, definitely like the the structure of this one, and and I'd be in favor of even having a deadline, a sort of transaction deadline, maybe around December 10th and major league transactions freeze for maybe a month or so, and then start back up, give teams a little bit of a break, um, give, give more action early on. And then maybe just those few remaining mid-tier free agents or the, um, the kind of uh, medical issues like we've seen out of Correa still lingering on those ones might be in the later half. Um, But in general, I think it's a good thing that we've, that we've seen this offseason shake up how it has. Yeah, I would agree. And before we know it, spring training will be here. We're uh, looking at probably what end of end of February uh, players start start mm-hmm. reporting. Mid even mid February. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing I was thinking is this: is this really the first spring training that we haven't been thinking too much about COVID and the COVID changes and whether we're going to lose games and all that? It is, was it. Were we still thinking about that last well, spring training? No, but last year we were thinking about the lockout. Um, well, That's the, right. the lockout, the lockout pushed it back. So um, right. it is, it is the first normal spring training in, in four years, which is hard to believe. It is. It is. It'd be a good one. It'd be a good one to get to. Spring training is always a good time. If you haven't uh, been to Arizona, not brewers don't have the, uh, the best facility. If you've been down there compared to uh, no. many, many of the other it, are like, it has gotten better though, when they did their renovations, That's right. Um, we both went, that was before they did the renovations. We both yep. did it. Um, and then I went back there, I think in 19, actually. Uh, and, and it was it was much better, although I would say the accessibility um, of the players wasn't quite as good. Um, although, granted, I don't know the facility in and out like some people do. So some some fans may be able to figure out how to get around um, the different the different areas um, and, and get up close with the players. But I wasn't I wasn't quite as a uh, smart and so I, I kind of lingered around the minor leaguers more. I remember seeing um, Devin Williams, and nobody knew who he was because that was before he had made it to the majors. And and there were about seven, eight of us there, and we all were asking each other who it was, and nobody nobody knew until like a couple minutes later. Someone's like, "Oh, Devin Williams." Um, so I feel like there's there's always some of those um, kind of fun moments that you remember 
from from just being up close with the players, even if it is uh, some of the lesser guys like at the time Devin Williams. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, regardless of it, it's just such a different experience than a, than a Brewer game. It, uh, you can't even compare it. So yeah, if you yeah. haven't had a chance to go, definitely highly recommend uh, heading to spring training, whether it is Arizona and and honestly going to. Going to other teams' games are, are a lot of fun too. It's just a different mm-hmm. atmosphere, and and the facilities down there are some of the newer ones are are uh, quite nice. So always always a blast. And like you said, Brewers have actually uh, had a relatively busy off season this year. Finally checking the box of their uh, their major league free agent signing here uh, as we cross the new year. So David, enjoy your your sixty degree weather in Arkansas. We'll be back for our regularly regularly scheduled content. And I just wanted to bring you a quick bonus episode with the Wade Miley acquisition and Justin Topa trade. So with that, this is Peter and David Go signing off as always. Go Brewers. Thank you for listening to the Barrel Banter. We'd appreciate it if you leave a comment or review so we can get the word out about our show. To hear more, find us on YouTube at The Barrel or on Twitter at The Barrel MKE. We look forward to connecting with you next time.